on episode 93 of the Kerrville Podcast. My name is John Barrera, and we are out of the Shriner University Studios at Jam Broadcasting today. I am wearing the same thing as episode 92 because we just had Santa Claus in, and we are double booked today, and I'm glad we are because we're in the Christmas spirit. We have today Katie McMillan. Welcome, Katie. Hello. Thank you. You're so welcome. Uh, We're happy to have you on. Um, As you know, this is the Kerrville Podcast, and... I saw you all over the internet. Um, I think you were in Community Journal, too. I, I was. Uh, I went viral. You did. This last week. Mm-hmm. You did. If you don't mind pulling this a little closer to you, you want to be okay. like a fist away. Okay. Yeah. Got Perfect. It. Yeah. Woo. So um, we won't even edit that out because I want everybody to know that this is real. You come on the Curve of Podcast, and um, if you do mess up, we will edit it out. But, you know, that's that's just part letting people know that we're real. Yes. Yeah. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Ready to go. <laughs> okay. Katie. Um I'd like to get into your poem a little bit, but I want people to know what's what's behind the poem, what's behind you. Um, the purpose of this podcast is, you know, when people are driving down the street, they see, um, you know, Mamacita's Jam Broadcasting. Who owns that? What's behind it? Mm-hmm. You know, so so I'd like the public to know a little bit more about you. Where are you from? I am, well, I guess locally, we've been in Kerrville for almost five years, but I am originally from New Jersey. Um, lived there till I was about nine. I moved around a lot as a kid, ended up kind of settling in the Metroplex and Grapevine, where I spent most of my like later adolescent years. Um, so that was a loaded question. And then I also lived in like North Carolina for a year in kindergarten, um, lived in Lubbock for a year and a half in high school. Were your parents military? No, my dad sells forklifts. Forklifts? <laughs> like, it's so boring. <laughs> but he's just like sales. It was just kind of interesting growing up. Um, my mom was born and raised in New Jersey. She's one of 10 Irish Catholic, like as New Jersey as you can get. Really? And my dad, um, he also kind of moved around a lot as a kid. His dad played uh, in the NFL. So he's, yeah. Real, Your grandpa? Yeah, my grandpa, Grandpa Jim. He was, what team yeah, and what did he do? He played for the Baltimore Colts. Um, before so they were Indianapolis. Before they were in Indianapolis, yeah. Um, Johnny Unitas was his quarterback. Um, we have like a lot of pictures of them just casually hanging out with my dad um, as a kid. And he played for the Lions for a few years. Uh, So he was kind of all over the place, too. And his dad ended up in New York uh, working on Wall Street in the 80s. And my dad had an opportunity to go up up there and kind of check out New York. And that's how he met my mom. So I was born in New Jersey. And I think most of my childhood early on, they were kind of trying to decide, do we want to focus on raising our family up here or go back down to Texas. Um, that's where my dad was born. He was born in Dallas on the SMU campus. because That's where my granddad played football. So um, they kind of went back and forth my whole childhood and ended up landing in Texas, which made a lot of sense. It's just a better place to raise your family, I think. It really um, is. Yeah. So we, long story short, uh, that was a very long story. It wasn't very short. Uh, <laughs> no, that's really interesting. Before we get too far away from that, I'd like to... Uh, so your dad's profession as a, a forklift yeah, salesman, salesman, yeah, that's what you do to provide for your oh, family. Yeah. yeah. Um, sales is no joke. No, it's a lot of work. It's humbling. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people put um, salesmen in a sleazy category. Yeah. And absolutely not. If you believe in your product and and you're providing value to somebody, yeah, sales is an honorable job. And I'm in sales. Yeah. So, you know. It can it, be really hard. Like you... And that's the thing, like, I think you're probably really similar to my dad. Like, he's not by any means the kind of 
sales guy that's just trying to like meet the bottom line. He really cares about his customers, which can make things challenging, you know, if you're really looking out for your customers. And so that was kind of the part of growing up, moving around so much. We always were looking for a place to kind of settle and for him to find where he was going to thrive. And he did. And he's been with the same company for, I think, 20, around 20 years. And he's actually about a year out from retiring at this point. So yeah. So he lived the dream and Good made it happen. Him. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and your grandpa, what was your grandpa's name? His name was um, Jim Welch Jim or James Welch. or Jimmy, depending on what newspaper article you read. Uh, so cool. Yeah. He grew up in Abilene um, and played for Abilene high the four years in a row that I think they won state four years in a row. And he was on the team those four years. What was his um, position? Do you remember? He pl- uh, When he was in the NFL, he played safety at one point. He played, um, like I think cornerback at one point. I don't. He played a whole bunch of different. The That's NFL okay. was so different. Yeah. In the sixties, like oh, in yeah. so many different ways than it is now. Um. So he kind of just did what they needed him to do, and um. He made like almost a decade long career out of it. So. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. You can go back. Like I've gone back on YouTube and found video of him. Uh, like there's a really great series of reels against the Packers and him just like taking dudes out seriously yeah so what we're gonna do is we're gonna link it okay um, down below oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah that's so fun yeah absolutely uh, we'll link it down below and i know this podcast is supposed to be about you but this is this is your foundation right you know oh yeah what all led up to christmas and Google, yeah you yeah know? so after new jersey mm-hmm. um you're in texas mm-hmm. nine years old yeah fourth grade fourth grade culture that's, shock that's when i moved back here in the fourth <laughs> oh, grade. okay yeah from where um Sorry, I know the we're John Brenner into- <laughs> podcast here. No, so um, I I was you know born in Corpus and then and then I grew up in Orange Grove until kindergarten and then from kindergarten until the third grade we lived in Doha, Qatar. What? My daddy was in oil. Oh my! So God. yeah, he he worked in the Persian Gulf, um, and instead of working thirty on thirty off, we you know flying across the ocean, uh, we moved out there, and it was awesome. So Americanized. Yeah. It was great. Um, I had to learn before, I, or I had to read before I even got into kindergarten. That was a requirement. That's great. Yeah. Um, you I'm know, sure that served you well. It, it, well edu- yeah. <laughs> it, I, I guess. <laughs> but the education system was so different mm-hmm. and it was, it was so cool. But yeah, that's, that's where I was. So yeah, I understand culture shock. No joke. I came back to Centerpoint and that's where I grew up and graduated mm-hmm. in Centerpoint. Oh that is wild. Yeah. Like yeah. I always think New Jersey to Texas is crazy, but that's like a whole other level i don't know new jersey it's like another country too. it really is (laughs) but but yeah so you moved here culture shock yeah um how did that go and what led you to becoming a teacher oh yeah um i don't that's also kind of a very convoluted life track of mine um i always i always did really well in school i always loved school um I jumped away. Oh, that's great. There's just not really much in between, you know, just like growing up and being a, being a mess. Uh, I am writing. I love writing. Um, I, this actually is kind of a callback to my grandfather. I, and also kind of (laughs) morbid, but I wrote his, I wrote like a post about him when he, um, passed away in 2017. Um, he actually, uh, ended up passing away from, I guess, long-term effects of CTE, the like concussion, you know, the concussion stuff, like it's crazy. Um, they, when he died, uh, he actually had his brain. This is (laughs) taking a turn. They took his brain to, um, university in Boston and had it studied to see 
if that if what we suspected was true and it was that was the result of um of just years of playing you know head injuries Absolutely. um which is really unfortunate and really heartbreaking and hard for us to kind of wrap our heads around because we i mean still obviously love football in our family like i have a six-year-old son who loves football um but makes you think twice about letting him play and participate but the flip side of that was it was kind of encouraging to us like genetically to be like okay this alzheimer's dementia situation that he had was not genetic it wasn't a hereditary thing that happened to him yeah it's it's crazy sad sad so sad um, so CTE and, and what you were, you were talking about, yeah. uh, we had Gunny's Warriors on, um, and I'd like you to meet them too, Mike and, um, Jan Pericini, Pericini, and their son, um, you know, it's, it's on one of the episodes y'all listening can go back. Um, uh, he suffered from, you know, TBI, mm-hmm. traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. over and over again, but this was in the military over and Ugh. over and over. And, um, what, uh, they push for is um, anybody who's had traumatic brain injuries because I've had six concussions confirmed and then I you know who knows the ones that aren't yeah but you know I signed up with Mike to when I do pass my brain will be donated and studied yeah and we did that like a month ago wow yeah right there to Pax Coffee downtown (laughs) yeah yeah oh wow so so um yeah I totally understand and um the rules have changed in football because of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more studying going on and you see somebody barely hit somebody else. And you're like, come on, yeah. that wasn't, he didn't even touch him. But then in your mind, you're like, wait, the flip some- side is, yeah. Yes. I mean, targeting, like targeting, it's pretty obvious when it's really targeting and yeah. needs to be um, addressed. Uh, I, I do think there are some calls, obviously every once in a while that are questionable, but yeah. um, I'm thankful that they're being more like cautious with it. And, mm-hmm. um, considerate of the long-term effects and i admire players that are retiring earlier and trying to watch out for themselves and think about those effects because it's i mean he my grandfather was like absolutely my favorite person growing up like he was almost like a second dad to me and um i just like mourn the years that we could have had with him as a great grandfather with my kids and it's just it's just it's just it is what it is at this point you know but um yeah so when he died i wrote uh, just a pretty lengthy like Facebook post about him and ended up being asked to use that as uh, a eulogy at the funeral. So I gave that as a eulogy and I was approached by a couple of people at that point, like you're a really talented writer and mm-hmm. you should, are you doing anything with this? I was like, uh, no, I'm not. I love doing it, but I've never in any capacity found a like professional outlet for it. Um, so <laughs> did I answer your question? Yeah, Getting yeah. back to the poem, it was just kind of like when I saw that that was announced as um, a contest that was open to enter, uh, it was just like a no-brainer. Like, oh, where did I'm you see that, that at? Uh, on Facebook, on the I had like just dropped my daughter off at her two-day week daycare um, at our church, and got home and looked looked at, was just scrolling through my phone. You know how we all do doom scrolling and saw yeah. that. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna do that. Good. I'm gonna do that. And you won. <laughs> and I won. <laughs> you won. <laughs> yeah. and that says a lot about your writing. And uh, we were talking before the podcast about you know passions and and mm-hmm. you know we're we're both like the same age and and you know we're talking about you know your writing and you know what you can do with it and you're, you're obviously talented thank you a lot of people who make it in writing are not as talented oh. as you <laughs> um you know my dad always told me there are lesser men who want the goals that you want that have made it there yeah you know there and and there's writers that have made it that are like 
not that good you know yeah, yeah. so what i'm trying to say is follow it i know pursue I know. it we we live in the future right now and i mean look we're doing so a podcast just me and you and and thousands of people will listen to yeah. this you know I, awesome. I know it's kind of scary when you yeah. talk about it but yeah. you know um so yeah you know i i would honestly just keep going keep for going it. i know God, that's the thing you got something i just like you I, have something I, thank you i and i feel confident that i do like i i know i'm a capable and like I have a gift and I've always, I love it and I love sharing it, but yeah, it would be cool to find a way to do it um, consistently. And I don't know if that means like freelancing, which isn't necessarily consistent or I don't know, finding something somewhere. But if you did know, um, what would it be? I, I love the idea of um, being a journalist of some kind. Um, I mean, like the dream, which I didn't realize till after college was to be like a sports writer. That would have been like oh, the best. But I feel like I missed out on it. And I know Why? you're right. I know. I know. Why? I'm 33. Do you know how young we are? I know. Yeah. We are so young. You know, um, I, I used to I used to look back because life hasn't always been sunshine and rainbows for me mm-hmm. either. If you look back on some of these podcasts and like listen to mine, um, Michaela in, interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And and um, at, at one point I thought, you know, oh, poor me. My, you know, like I thought I ruined everything. And dude, I was like in my late 20s. Yeah. And I'm like. You're a baby. A baby. Yeah. We still are. Yeah. Dude, it's so people, hard to realize that <laughs> we are, we're in the future some people don't make it until they're like 60 and they don't find their passion until they're like 60 mm-hmm. and then they got another 30 years of doing yeah. it and have you ever walked across somebody and you're like man you look great how old are you well i'm 90 you're like what the heck yeah because they found something they love probably yes, and they yeah. stay active yeah. and, and you're just like dude i have so much time yeah you know so do it I, I don't know. I, I, we can even edit launching this out. myself out there. No, it's great. You know, I, I, I just I I wish somebody would you know just tell me you know, and sometimes me take my own advice too. Just just do it. Yeah. But but yeah, and this is the first step. This writing competition. <laughs> so, um, high school, and then what what led you into becoming a teacher, or is there anything in between that? Um. So I went. I actually uh, in high school choir was like my that has always been my my thing like the one consistent thing that i had in high school moving i moved at the end of my freshman year um from colleyville heritage high school um in the grapevine colleyville district out to lubbock for my dad's job so they had him move out there to open up and start a new branch um and we thought we were going to be there like for the long haul and then a year and a half later they asked him to come back and start something else in the metroplex so um moving you know twice in the middle of high school was so hard was so hard it could have been really really hard um but i had the consistency of music and choir and was really easily able to assimilate into um both and and when i moved back to the metroplex it was back to the same high school a year and a half later but that was even kind of crazy because the year i was gone was when everyone got their driver's license and so you know you change like your whole life changes at that point so i'm gone for a year and then back a year and a half yeah so i was gone for my entire sophomore year and like two months of my junior year um came back got back plugged into the same choir program and um ended up getting accepted into the university of north texas's music school for vocal performance so that's what i did my first semester in college like i thought that's what i was gonna do my mother was thrilled like she's not a pageant mom by any means but she's always been my biggest cheerleader and like I mean, the fact that I'm doing even this today, she's like, oh, this is so great. Like, you get to go talk to people and speak yeah. to a microphone. And um, so I started out doing that. And it just was like, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like hard or 
disappointing by any means, but I think in the back of my head, I always just felt like if I want to pursue something professionally singing, I don't feel like I need to this and this is probably wrong. And I know I'm probably offending people out there because I didn't go through it and I don't know the entire what the end game really looks like. But I always felt like I don't need to go to school for four years and get a diploma if I'm confident enough in my abilities and I want to sing, like I can, I can Amen. still do that. Yep. And I have found ways to continue doing yep. that. And like right now it pretty much just looks like singing at church occasionally leading worship, which is great and so fulfilling to me. Um, but so at that point I was like, I need to figure out what else I can do. That is more of a, I don't know, practical pursuit. And I always loved the idea of teaching, but I didn't want to be a choir director by any means. Yeah. Um, I just never, like music theory, you that, what, it's the a lot. No, like I, I think I would, it would be so rewarding, but I just never, I don't know. I feel like those who can, what do they say? Those, those who, who can, can do, those who, who can't, can't teach. teach. And I, <laughs> wow, this sound, makes me sound like such a about. villain. Okay, no, like it's not that, no. oh, well, I can, so I'm just going to do it. But like I could, I could, it would, I would not have been a good choir director. I would not have been good at it. It would have, I would have not been great and what? it would not have given me joy. I don't think. Um, so just very stressful, very, yeah. And like, I don't know, like, and I have such high, like, uh, like unfathomable respect for music directors and choir directors and everyone, everyone in education in general, um, obviously, but, um, it was just not something that I really thought that I would enjoy. So with teaching, um, I kind of looked at what was available at UNT, um, cause their, I mean, their music program and their education program are both phenomenal and so i knew either way i was going to be okay which was a huge blessing to not have to worry about relocating or anything Mm. um so i ended up in the human development and family studies program focusing on family and consumer sciences which is home ec more or less uh and i didn't realize it at the time when i signed up i was like oh that sounds cool consumer behavior like maybe there's like marketing involved in there i'll check it out and like a year into the studying the program i finally kind of started to connect the dots i was like oh this is just like 21st century home ec but it was really great the coursework was such a wide scope of things and i i did get to take consumer behavior classes i took like culinary classes i took child development classes which is kind of where i found my passion so um after college after i graduated i taught oh gosh i taught middle school home ec um and coached middle school girls in Lubbock, my first year teaching, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I got hired just to teach the skills for living class. And then like two weeks before school started, my principal called and she's like, Hey, we've got, um, one of our coaches doesn't want to coach this year. And if we can't find someone to fill her spot, we might have to let her go. Do you think you could do it? Like was so casual about it. And I had no idea. It was my first year teaching. What was it? What sport? Uh, all of them. What? Like volleyball and then basketball and then track and then off season. Um, and so like teaching alone is so much so much mm-hmm. uh, my wife was a teacher okay wake up before the sun comes oh, yeah. up come home after the sun's going down then you're on your laptop you're grading, working all and the then time coaching on top of that crazy crazy town well what, how long did you do that for a full year uh, i did it for a year and then after the first year um tabor my husband and i we were living in lubbock at the time and he had he was born and raised there and had never left and so at that point I was missing my family back in Fort Worth. We just gotten married and um, he was like, I think this is the time if we want to try something else, let's see if I can make something work with the bank that he was with at the time. And he did. So I taught for one more semester there and then we moved to Fort Worth. So about a year and a half doing coaching and it was 
I'm so glad it was my first year teaching because it was absolutely the most taxing year of my life. Really? <laughs> Professionally, personally. Oh, it's just so, I mean, there's tournaments every weekend. There's like, I had, I had a commercial driver's license for seven years because I had to drive the school buses full of kids to all the games and in Lubbock, like in the wind and with ice on the road and everything. Like it was oh wild. It was like the fact that I even remember it and I didn't just like instinctively protect myself and block everything out of my memory. It's like crazy, it, it, but it really, it was such a sweet time. And I think I earned or gained so much confidence in myself as a teacher after the fact, looking back, I'm like, if I can handle all of that with zero experience and feel like I did a pretty good job, like I think I can, I can continue to pursue yeah. teaching in some shape or form. That's also so. an experience that you can hang on to and keep in your cookie jar later for later. Oh, when, yeah. you, when you are coming across something hard in life, you're like, dude, pull that thing out and be like, look what you did. Katie. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can do this. Right. So yeah, I keep a lot of things in my cookie jar. Mm-hmm. It's overflowing, <laughs> but, but, um, so, so yeah, you, you had a pretty, pretty, um, trying time as a teacher. Yeah. Taught all kinds of stuff. Taught seventh grade science at one point, seventh grade math was, I actually taught here at Peterson, the old, what? the old one. Yeah. Before, uh, before our daughter was born, she was born in March of 2019. And I stepped back from teaching after that school March year. What? Uh, 20th. My daughter was born March the 5th, 2019. Oh my God. They're going to be graduating together. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What's your yeah. daughter's name? Kaylee Barrera. Kaylee. All right. Kaylee, Kaylee and Liv. My daughter Kaylee is Liv. Liv. Shout out. Hey, Liv. For real. Kaylee, what up? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I got out right before COVID, like right before COVID. Whoa. And so like mad respect to all the teachers. Sheena did it. Who, oh my God. Sheena did it. And to it. you. I can't, I cannot imagine. Like if I ever go back to teaching, I feel like I am at such a disadvantage because I did not go through that. Like right. that trial, like that, that must have been it, just, you know, it, I mean, it was cool. She was at home, but it was, yeah. it was, I think in like five years when we all look back on the experience that we all went through and what the government did and with not, Gosh. not trying to get political everybody, but I'm talking <laughs> about like how it was handled and you know, we're going to look back and be like, what a nightmare a, a nightmare what a nightmare! and how is that real and we are like two years into it three almost three years into it, it now like we have we're still uh, there's like trauma yeah <laughs> that we're all gonna be slowly yeah. unpacking for years to come and realizing like oh okay okay yeah that was because i was locked in my house for six months oh and, my gosh you know like my kids are so they were so different as toddlers because you know, my son grew up like out and about in the world. And then my daughter turned one, like, you know, yeah, our daughters turned one, like as the world was shutting down. Yep. And they then, were COVID babies. yeah, Liv did not have a first birthday party because it was like that week before Same it was like, Same with hey, Kaylee. we can't do anything. And so for a year, like, I'm sure like she got used to everyone wearing masks and yeah. like it oh, was yeah. just normal. Where's your mask, daddy? Yeah. Like, so yeah, weird. dude, it's crazy. We were going through the same thing at the same mm-hmm. time with the same Age kid, age yeah. daughter. Uh-huh. So I remember when Kaylee first saw a uh, HEB for the first time, and this was like, well, you know, when she could talk and see. Yeah. This was like around the age of two when we could finally go yeah. back and everything. Yeah, yeah. and then he was, oh my gosh, look at all this stuff. Know. You know, like yeah, it was it's so like going s- to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was so sad, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just sometimes we don't stop and think, like, man, dude, we we just went through a bunch of crap. Yeah. You know, yes. And like I said, I'm not trying to get political, which I could, but I'm not going to. 
Uh, I think Curveball, you know, for the most part, is all on the same side. But. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho, so we got past <laughs> that, Katie. And then um, and then you got attacked by a cat this morning. I did. What the oh, heck happened man. there? So, we, okay. My, first of all, my mom and dad live five doors down from us, which is a recent development. Okay, hold on. Backtrack. My mom lives five doors down from us. She and my dad are still very happily married, but he's still wrapping up his career up one in the year. Metroplex. He's got one year. One year. So he's hanging out up there. They see each other on the weekends. Like, what? whatever. It's working so well for them, um, truly, which is incredible to see. So she was up there this last weekend, and so she has two cats. So her two cats ended up finding their way five doors down to our house and oh. basically lived with us. So we dealt with that for a couple of days. And then last night... I hear this meowing, like panicked meowing outside. And it's, I assumed it was one of her cats. It wasn't, it was another one. And um, was like, oh, that's unfortunate. Well, at least it's not super cold tonight. So you're good out here on your own. Yeah. And like, whatever. This morning, cat appears to have slept underneath our neighbor's car all night. And is still like, just so sad. Me- like the saddest meowing. And is like, works its way up to our front door. And it's just, I can tell she was like hungry and confused. So I took her to um, the shelter, Kerrville Animal Shelter. And. I posted on Facebook, obviously, like, is yeah. this your cat? And, you know, people do that. And, like, the person who that cat belongs to, I'm not going to be Facebook friends with. There's no way they're going to. But I tried. Yeah. So, yeah. after a couple hours, I was like, I don't want you to freeze tonight. And we are not we are not in a life stage where bringing a cat inside our home would be beneficial to anybody. So. No, not with the little ones. <laughs> so, brought her over there and got attacked on the way. Like, pretty bad. I was scars. like, yeah, but I, uh. <laughs> dropped her off there was like a hand sanitizer thing thanks covid <laughs> right hand sanitizer hey, there's a benefit so did there we that, go. like yeah i'm sure that's really the right way to approach it but rub it that in. was my good deed for the day well good you, yeah you did good thanks um Kerbal so pets alive if you're listening there's yes. a cat out there and we've had them on too yeah i reached out to them first good. and they suggested yeah i had really like very quick response too so They're it was their amazing. suggestion to take her over to the shelter just with the weather coming like oh yeah which might be happening right now literally as i we speak. brought my coat like i walked in without a coat and i know on the way out i'm gonna need to put it on because yeah. it's just i still have winterproofing to do dude i do i know i gotta go but <laughs> but um See so, ya. Show's over. <laughs> right bye no po no um so we would like to i i don't know if we're coming closer to the end what what are your plans mm-hmm. so before we read the poem mm-hmm. we'll end off with your poem um what are your plans with writing because i i cannot like and i'm sure your husband's the same way and everybody's like do something with yeah it. yeah so what are your plans i don't know my plans are i want to formulate a plan um to have I, a plan right that would be so great to have a plan um i i keep thinking maybe i'll end up back in education in some way shape or form hoping because i do have a spot for te- true teaching and like coaching and leading like i've spent several years as a young life leader and help out with the youth that are at trinity baptist um shout out shout out um (laughs) and um so i there's a part of me that misses a lot of the important parts of teaching but you know there's so much and not that every part isn't important but some things are less important i think than others and unfortunately they all have to get done so i'm apprehensive about what that would look like for me in the future. Um, but absolutely have a passion for working with kids. So maybe using, I don't know, my skills and desire to write or help others learn how to do it. Um, and read like, I mean, reading comprehension is like taken such a toll the last 
through two, three years because of COVID. Like it would be cool to help kids reach, uh, bridge that gap. Um, but then also personally, like I, I just know that things that I have done in the last year or so creatively, um, doing like, so I have a small business called Dosey Doe. There we go. Um, I was going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. Um, with one of my very, very, very good friends here, Julia Whitehead. Um, shout out to you, Julia. Shout out, Julia. CrossFit queen. There we uh, go. Yeah. PTO princess. Does she uh, own her own business here? Yeah. She co-owns Dosey Doe with me. What? We're co-owners. Yes. There we go. So we decided in um, like February to uh, create a business uh, making like sensory kits for children, young kids, um, three and up. Highly recommend that they're at least three because uh, we have a lot of small things that could be choked on easily. So, and we have that warning label on all of our products. Good. So we're, we're watching out. Um, but we decided to do this in February. And so for the last year, every major holiday, we have sold, created and sold and curated um, just like we make our own dough. Julia makes all the dough. It's fantastic. It lasts a long time. It smells really good. It feels good on your hands. Uh, <laughs> and then um, just come up with various little items to go along with it and it's been really really fun like really fun but what i've taken away from it is uh the marketing side of it i've been in complete control of all of the social media advertising um for it which is the only way that we have marketed ourselves and we've been more successful than we imagined we would be every time we launch a new product um and i'm really proud of myself for the role that i've played in that it's not all me but um being able to pursue something creative and kind of hone my skills at that has been huge and if that's like what i take away from this experience running this business then i'm more than happy with that you feel um, like you're narrowing it down yeah I, I do like i so i really love working um nerd alert um <laughs> with canva so canva like i've dived into that this year and created a lot of promotional and marketing things for um trinity baptists uh student ministry women's ministry i've done some stuff for the tr for the church in general and then dosi do like our instagram page it's do.si.douch. Get it? Do C Do. That's right. Um, the whole entire feed is the stuff that I've created for it. And I love it. And I have so much fun with it. And I've done some stuff um, for Young Life also. And like that stuff never feels like work to me. I, I love doing it. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It's nice that there's like flexibility to kind of creatively work throughout the day as you go and gives me the chance to still focus on my kids. Um, so that's like really, if I could figure out a way to do that professionally in some form here in when town, I, saw like, your, I yeah. would love it. <laughs> when I saw your dosido -do page, I was like, what in the world? Uh, Who made yeah. this? And you're like, I did. It's me. What? Yeah. And you did. Yeah. Um, it's great. So we are making a banner, like the one behind you from my mm -hmm. Um, We're doing the Kerbo podcast in the sunroom over there and okay. we need a banner and I don't. I'm not a creator. I saw your stuff and I was immediately intimidated. Um, would you be? Let's do it. You want to? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Your first gig, everybody. It's you Live heard it here in the Curbo podcast. Air. So yeah, um, we'll talk about, you know, all the that's whatever. Cool. And if you want to just take it and run with it and be like, Hey, what yeah. do you think of this? I'll be like, well, that's you know. the thing too. Is like, I love when I've done stuff like this, whoever outside of Dosido, -Do, it's pretty much, I mean, Dosido -Do has pretty much just been whatever I think I make, but like working with Josh Smithson with Young Life and um, the different ministry leaders to, uh, at the church to come up with stuff. It's really cool to collaborate and like 
this sounds so cheesy, but bringing people's ideas to life. And like, it's so satisfying to get to, it's to not do cheesy. that. That's like, how everything that we look at exists. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah. There's somebody that needs to be that link between my mind and the product. Yeah. And that's you. And that's your new slogan Let's right do there. It. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's a new one. So, um, right here, um, I, I'll tell you what I like. And then the viewers <laughs> who see this and see the final product, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, do mine too. Is it going to go right here? No, it will. No. We're doing the podcast over there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what? When we unveil it, come on back. <gasps> okay. Come on back to the Kerbal Podcast. To. Use this as, as a platform. creative. That's right. Okay. No, seriously, that's what this platform is for. Yeah. That, it was initially the Kerrville Small Business Network. Mm -hmm. And what we did, um, we started with episode cool. one, Josh mm -hmm. Thibodeau, and we got him on. And we're like, hey, what do you do? What's behind Wahoo Seafood? Yeah. And now he's a restaurant. He's coming back on. Yeah. And talking about his progress. That's so great. That's that's what I would like for you to okay. do is come on back on. Okay. Come on back on whenever you want. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I'd like to say the Kerbal Podcast, um, somewhere on there, Shriner University Studios, and somewhere on there, Jam Broadcasting. Okay. I'd like it to have. All in, like, Comic Sans. With, I'm just I, I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. I'd like to laugh <laughs> along and, and say I know what that uh, looks like, but I don't. <laughs> you would know. Okay. Okay, yeah. And then, um, and then like, just a Kerbal vibe to it. Oh, yeah. Whether you see like Shriner in the Kerville's background. I'm biggest fan. I can do that. Dude, me too. That's mm -hmm. hence the podcast. The best. It is. Yeah. It is. And, and tell your husband he's more than welcome to come on to. Hey. And anybody you can think of that has provided value to Kerbal or that you think of Kerbal, you think of this person. Yeah. Tell him to come on. Okay. We, um, we're unbiased. It's not scripted. It's not live. This is true. We can screw up. It's yes. okay. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, uh, before we... Before we go, is there anything that you you want to talk about? Is there any person you want to shout out oh, to, give a shout out to? Oh, my gosh. Shout out to my husband, Tabor Hayes McMillan. T-A-B-O-R. Is that in a country name that right there? I'm... I don't know what in the world it is. I know. My golly. Tabor. Um, Tabe. Tabe Wavy. Uh, whatever you want to call him. Yes, he is um, my best friend in the whole wide world. And um, I know a lot of married people say that, but like. I really They're all lying. Yeah, I'm the only I'm, one telling the yeah. truth. <laughs> He's the best. He works for Happy State Bank. He is on the planning and zoning commission board, uh, et cetera. For the city, he's on the Habitat for Humanity board. He Well, he's got to come on, too. He's, yeah, he's all over the place. Um, Oh, and he's leadership Kerr County uh, steering committee board chair. All right. Uh, yeah, so... He's everywhere, um, and he, and then, like, our, I mean, we've got the best group of friends here, like, really, seriously, Kerrville on its own is, like, so attractive and so appealing awesome. to anyone, and, like, when we found out we had the opportunity to come here, I think people we know were like, what is Kerrville? And I, I don't know. I didn't know what Kerrville was. I was so off on where I thought Kerrville was in Texas when I first heard it described. Where I thought we were. I thought it was? I think I got it confused with Colleen, possibly, the K and the L's, I don't know. Okay, I'm or, offended. And somehow also thought we were like going towards like Houston. I don't, I don't really know. And I'm now. I I'm like offended. to think I'm a fairly no, I'm intelligent person, but like Kerrville was not on my radar. So we came and checked it out. I was like, how can we not say yes to this? And we've been here almost five years. And, but the community of people that we've met, like everyone who lives here, I feel like knows how lucky they are to be here. Absolutely. Whether you were born here um and been here your whole life or just figured out a way to get here kind of like we did and our group of friends like all of us with the exception of me now because my mom slash part-time <laughs> part-time dad not part-time dad full-time dad but part-time <laughs> resident of Kerrville dad um 
they are here, but the rest of us, like none of us had Kerrville ties before we ended up here. And so we've all kind of found each other and our kids are so close and are essentially like cousins at this point. And it's like, you can find that here. Yes, like you can. it's not, if you haven't found it and you want to find it, you can't just expect for it, to, for it to fall into your lap. Like you have to kind of put yourself out there, but realize that there are people out there willing to welcome you in. And like we, I mean, Kerrville forever. That's my... That's my plug Kerbal for the forever, town. I yeah, I'm never going to Who knows what it'll look like in 50 years, but I'll still be here yeah. doing something. Well, there's a plan, the 2050 yeah. plan. Yeah, so we'll which is that, great. We'll see if that goes through. Um, one thing about Kerrville is after you your children graduate, um, they have a top-notch college right here. I know. Shrine University mm -hmm. is the bee's knees. Yeah. Um, if you want a, you know, a big box college, that's not the way. That Shriner <laughs> is not for you. If you want to be a number, Shriner is not for you. Yeah. But if you want a professor who knows your name, if you want somebody who's willing to sit down and help you, this is the place. Um, and we just had them on episode 90. Okay. And, um, you know, we had the college dean here and the marketing manager, mm -hmm. too, which should be somebody maybe you want to talk hey, to. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, yeah, good place to be. Um, and like I said, this this podcast is, is a network. Mm -hmm. I don't charge people to come on. Neither does Jam. Yeah. Bas it, basically, it's it's to just provide value to Kerrville. Yeah. And, and shine the spotlight on those who do provide value to Kerrville, mm -hmm. which is what this whole episode is about. <laughs> We would like to circle talk. Circle back. Yes, let's circle back to Christmas in Kerrville. Oh, man. <laughs> would you like I to? Should, I'll read it. You'll read it? I guess so. I yeah. guess. Did you print it out? You got it on your I phone? I got it on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, everybody. Before we go, this is what we're going to end off on. This is Katie McMillan. Katie, is there anything else you... Do you have anything to say to the people of Kerrville? People of Kerrville. Oh, my gosh. Um, I just... Thank you for being you and who you are and welcoming us in the way that you have the last five years. Um, like really, truly, I have lived in so many places as we talked about, and I cannot imagine being happier anywhere else. Like no amount of money, like for real could take us away from Kerrville. So thank you for being who you are and what you are. And um, I just hope that, I know, I hope that I can find a way to kind of give back to the community on a broader level i guess if that makes any sense my kids are getting older and we're very involved in a lot of things all over the place but it would be cool to i don't know play play a role and give back and i think you yeah. are through your writing and Thanks. i think your husband is providing a lot of value yes. and he, he can't do it without you at home that's what i tell Thanks. my wife like she's like babe thank you for what you do i'm like you don't understand <laughs> yeah if you were not here there would be no money made right because that is a full time I, I, never ends it does not no. it does not even after the husband comes home even after no. i come home she's still going yeah and and so so yeah hats off to you katie for, you. for your writing for your contribution to kerrville and for your husband's contribution yeah. to kerrville Thanks. ladies and gentlemen this is katie mcmillan with christmas in kerrville okay. it's christmas in kerrville which for all of us means much more than a sprinkling of reds whites and greens it stretches beyond the river we love which twinkles and shines from the lights hung above it's more than the hope that this joyous time brings or the way that our clock tower faithfully rings. It's Christmas in Kerrville where wishes are made when Santa appears in our festive parade. Crisp air nips your nose as you stroll through downtown, surrounded by charm in this place so renowned. Small businesses buzzing with joyful gift giving, our churches rejoice for the Lord ever living. It's Christmas in Kerrville and glasses are raised after toasts for a year that's been worthy of praise. For the parks, for the schools, for the people we know, 
for how we've watched our community grow. Our traditions and culture make us who we are, and with eyes on the future, we shine like a star. It's Christmas in Kerrville, the place we love best, as we've come from the north, south, east, and the west. Whether it is, or upon a time was, the place we call home simply because. Because of the people who nod with a smile and welcome you in even after a while. Because of the hills and the views we've been gifted, whether we were born here or somehow here drifted. It's Christmas in Kerrville, how lucky are we, in this capital of the hill country. To live, work, and play in a place so serene in this holiday season that lies in between the hustle and bustle of everyday living. Kerrville, Texas, a beauty and the gift that keeps giving. Wow, the that end. was great. That was great. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say anything Thanks. else. I wasn't. I was going to end it right there. I'm hey, so sorry. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. You incorporated um, not just people who are here, but who were born here and raised yeah. here. Everybody, people who come here to love Kerrville like you I do. I just love it. <laughs> Obviously. That's what I was going for. So, Ladies and gentlemen. I did, made it come true. You yeah. did. Yeah, thanks. You did. Ladies and gentlemen, Katie McMillan, episode 93 of the Kerrville Podcast. Y'all have a blessed one. And uh, she will be back. And uh, we're going to get that daggum banner. Going to do it. It's going to be right behind me up here on the next next gonna be so good. episode. Maybe a couple more episodes. Yeah. yeah give me some time. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.